sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. Now it's time for the financial outlook for private investors, and I'm joined by Russ Mould, Investment Director of AJ Bell. We're going to discuss the world of investment from a UK perspective. Russ, last time we spoke, we looked at um, indicators like the transportation um, index in the United States uh, and whether that was an indication that things were about to turn a little nasty. But you've been looking into several recession indicators that investors can look at, uh, which might give us indication of of where we're headed. Or indeed, indicators of things that may be maybe going well. I mean, the, you know, the market had a bit of a wonky week last week mm. amid fears of tighter financial conditions. Uh, the Fed was jawboning about quantitative tightening and 50 basis point rate rises, which you actually saw from the uh, Bank of Canada and the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. Though, again, you know, it looks as if markets are actually, you know, having a bit of a, a an attempt to rally this week. So, of the indicators, I mean, we've talked about two before with the yield curve, which is now mm. not quite inverted. It's actually steepened a little bit. Um, and also we talked about the transport index, which is trying to rally this week, having been looking very sorry for itself for, for quite a long time. So just three other ones to look at. I mean, I mean, oil is 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 clearly an enormous one, um, you know, in, in the sense that the major oil shocks of 1973, 1979, uh, and to a lesser degree, 2006, well, t- t- 2006, seven um, helped sort of tick, kick away the economic foundations and, and, and tip the economy into either stagflation or, or, or a recession. So clearly relief, using those as parallels, relief on the oil price fund would be an enormously helpful development. I guess the tricky bit is where will that relief be coming from? Um, the Biden administration is now recanting on some of its pre-election promises and is, is releasing fresh acreage, state acreage for, for, for drilling. They're clearly toying with supping with a long spoon with Iran and Venezuela to perhaps try and get their global supply back into the oil market. Uh, and there remain questions of, a, you know, and if by some miracle we were to get a peaceful solution out in the Ukraine, that would be potentially again seen as a, a potentially helpful development. But at the moment, you know, oil supply and demand still very, very tight. OPEC don't seem able to ramp up production, even if they're talking a good game at speed anyway. But yeah, oil would be hugely helpful. And therefore, the obverse of that is if oil you know, we're to keep on going up, heaven forfend. We know it's it's a tax on consumers, it's a tax on corporate profit margins, a drain on cash flow, uh, and would therefore be potentially a deep negative yeah. for the global economy. So we definitely got to keep an eye on that one. One commodity that's looking a little bit more encouraging is 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 Dr. Copper, so-called, because it's seen as a as a guide to the health of the global um, economy, malleable, ductile, conductive. Mm using everything from cars to toasters to plugs to vehicles to to, to construction projects and buildings, you name it. And it's trading within about 10% of its all-time high. So whether that's meaning we've got a strong recovery coming or we're in a kind of stagflationary scenario, because again, copper supply doesn't seem to be growing that quickly. And we've had a few miners of the big UK were listed Mm -hmm. today saying, you know, production is just not growing very quickly. We've got COVID absentees and we've got weather, we've got drought, we've got geology. Geopolitical is some problems and so on. The so, problem with supply lines, though, is that not, and perhaps uh, people withdrawing from the era of globalization, is that not a boost to the copper price, even though it doesn't necessarily mean 
booming economies. It, it could be conceivably, which would be a sort of stagflationary situation, yeah. which again, which is again would not be good for equity prices by any stretch of the imagination. So, so we need to keep an eye on, on Dr. Copper. But so far, trying to accentuate the positive. That's that's like if it was a rollover, then you'd mm. start to feel really quite worried. Can we just briefly take a pause for breath mm. before we consider the other indicators? Yeah. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to the Financial Outlook for Private Investors on Share Radio. I'm uh, in conversation with Russ Mould, Investment Director of AJFL. We're looking at some recession indicators that investors might like to take into account when considering where we think economies and markets are likely to go. So we've looked at uh, Dr. Copper. What next? Uh, we've looked at, we've got to flag the yield curve and the transports that we've talked about before. Yep. Um, just to say, we obviously aren't at the moment flagging any that are actual economic data points. <laughs> which may seem a little bit perverse, but by definition, they're backward looking mm. and stock markets are forward looking. And I know there's been a lot of press this week about the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund downgrading their global and US and UK GDP forecasts. But let's face it, their record is absolutely appalling. So th- th- I'm not going to get in any way hung up on economic forecasts. Um, so the other market ones to look at, small caps, they're generally quite you know, they're less global, they're more dependent on their local economy. They've got probably more narrow product ranges than the international mega caps. The Russell 2000 and the FTSE small cap, both rolled over late last year, have yet to pick up momentum. Again, they're both trying this week in the kind of rallyette that we're seeing. But if you were to see deep weakness there, you'd be concerned because that will again will be the market perhaps sniffing out something that the economists quite haven't yet. And the last one is my old friend, the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, the SOX Index. 30 global silicon chip and semiconductor production equipment makers. Again, a bit like copper, just useful by their very ubiquity. Everything from servers to autos to toasters to radios to smart meters to mobile devices to laptops. Mm. They're everywhere. It's a $500 billion global industry. Um, without silicon chips, we know that things will get into trouble, and we're seeing that in the auto market right now. The message is very much one of shortages and price increases. The other thing that's been worth bearing in mind is that the SOX index, the momentum jockey stocks par excellence. They trade off upgrades and downgrades. They trade off share price momentum. So again, it's just a little bit odd. The one we're all hearing about is, is shortages. Is it the SOX index, again, has actually come down by about 15, 16% or even a fifth from its highs. So just, again, I'm not saying it's game over, mm. but do keep an eye on that yep. because they have had a stunning run and it's just intriguing that, you know, they will sniff out very quickly any weakness at end markets. You know, they won't wait for order intake at the semiconductor equipment companies to collapse. That'll happen in 18 months' time if anything's gone wrong. But what you will see first is potentially some softening or some buildup of inventory or some softness in order intake at the chip makers. So keep an eye on that. So it's just intriguing that, again, when everything feels so bullish, the shares have gone. Now, it may just be a function of valuation. And again, we need to keep that in mind because they've had a stunning run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and quality companies like ASML and I want about 60 times four earnings, which slightly makes my toes curl. But, um, you know, I, I think just just keep an eye on those. I think now, obviously, there are lots of variables here. There could be policy response from central banks. They're talking a good game. Might not take that much for them to back off, though. They've still got the inflation problem to deal with. So how much room they have for going softly, softly is open to question. But that, I think, is something that we, we still need to progress cognizant of. And ultimately, the economy and the stock market are different things. As we've mm. discussed before, the, the economy could look dreadful and the stock market could be booming because it's already priced in the downturn yes. and looking through the other side. So, so having looked at these five indicators, what's your conclusion? Or is Stag- it a wait and see? It kind of feels stagflationary to me at the minute. 
it's kind and of... And so we've talked I've, about I've, stagflation before. We've been in before. the inflation camp for a long yeah. time. I'm kind of slightly now, like, mm, yeah. feels a bit, market action feels a bit more stagflationary at the moment. But, you know, and I think that's because we are seeing signs of economic slowdown. I think I, I wouldn't, and it's in, nobody's forecasting a recession yet, uh, which is partly why I'm, I, I think I'm trying to make sure that I'm out there thinking about mm. it because it's the things that you don't know that, that happen that move share prices, not the things that you do know. Um, so I think we've got to be but it's starting to feel a bit more stagflationary yes. to me, which is, again, still real assets. And, and, and I was about and to say, we've talked about this before. Yeah. So, and, and again, so say again, about, so real assets. Yeah. Commodities to a degree, property. Uh, and, and gold did really well in the stagflation of 1970s, albeit from a different starting point, mm. i.e. $35 an ounce fixed after Bretton Woods for goodness knows how long. And gold is actually has been, except again, this week you've had a bit of a rallyette in risk and gold's come off a little bit. But generally gold is, was creeping back towards $2,000 an ounce. If you mm. run gold prices against industrial metal prices, gold's very cheap. Yes. And if you run gold mines against the gold price, then gold is very cheap. So if, again, you work on the principle that one of the most interesting things you can do from an investment point of view is look at things that nobody else is, that's two places to start. Yes, true. Two but of course, the problem with gold is gold mines don't necessarily – the gold mines I pick never seem to actually do and, anything and again, in relation to the price of gold. It's absolutely it's so difficult. And, you know, you, you know you, you have, again, you have geological – and so, therefore, what do you do? You have to look at where they operate. Mm. You know, is it America? Is it Canada? Is it – Russia. Mali, is it West Africa? Is it Russia? Yeah. All sorts of percent. Yeah. What risk is there for a coup or for taxes or for resource nationalism? You've got geology, you've got weather, you've got all sorts of different things to think about. So a basket of them, I think, is definitely the right way to go. Mm. Because the hard to believe as it may be, sitting on a gold mine is not necessarily a license to print money. <laughs> hard, hard, hard to believe as it may be when gold's nearly $2,000 an ounce. Yeah, especially if you buy it from a chap you meet in Trafalgar Square. Russ, thank you very much indeed. That's uh, Russ Mould, Investment Director of AJ Bell. We've been looking at the world of investment from a UK perspective. Russ, I hope you'll be back with me in a fortnight's time. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.